Just go out there and give him what he needs. Pour on the charm. Sweet talking. What can I get for you? Handsome? We're doomed! Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the third season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Today's episode is the Nasty Patty, one of the darkest episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, certainly in the in the first three seasons here, I can't think of many others that I would I would deem extremely dark, but this is up there, the Nasty Patty, the first half of the 44th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, first premiered on March 1st, 2002. And we have a new writer joining SpongeBob SquarePants on this episode, a, a writer who has a writer who has certainly made a name for himself within the history of SpongeBob SquarePants, among a few other shows. I am talking about the one, the only, Kazmiris Gediminus Propulanus, also known as Kaz, K-A-Z, which I am sure a few SpongeBob fans out there have seen pop up in a few episodes. And, and this was his debut, which, by the way, what a debut to have under your belt the nasty patty i i just to, to walk in and and to have an episode like this be your 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 first one your premiere wow what an incredible uh feat to have uh the nasty patty for me is is one of my favorite episodes of spongebob squarepants i'm someone who who enjoys uh dark humor i like when when uh Shows that are even aimed towards children decide to be a little bit dark. It can be fun as a kid to watch something a little bit dark. It doesn't have to go full, full, super heavy, dark and twisted. But um, I, I'm sure all of us can can remember a time that a uh, cartoon that you were watching as a kid, even if it was like the Halloween special. But if it was an episode that decided to get a little twisted it's something that sticks with you. Those are the episodes that we we all remember. Now, uh, going back to Kaz for a second, he certainly has experience working on SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, in this original uh, three season run, he he really only primarily worked on on season three. Now, uh, there was a mention that before season four went into production, Paul Tibbet, who took over as the showrunner, had reached out to Kaz. And had asked him to work on an episode, and apparently the communication between the two uh, never picked up from then. And and Kaz ended up picking up a job working on a Cartoon Network show that you may have heard of, Camp Laszlo, um, which you know has a, a f just a good SpongeBob feeling to it, a along with a few other influences. Uh, Kaz would would come back to the show alongside Steven Hillenburg uh, throughout the later seasons of the show, worked as a writer through season nine, season 10, season 11, season 12. But beyond just writing, he was also working as a story editor, a songwriter, a background layout designer, uh, a character designer. He, he has done a fair share amount of work behind the scenes on SpongeBob SquarePants. And it's various spinoffs, like he was a writer on the very first SpongeBob SquarePants movie. He is a writer of the upcoming uh, Sandy Cheeks Netflix movie, uh, which I believe is still being distributed by Netflix. Uh, and apparently the tagline for that movie is Saving Bikini Bottom, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, he also is a writer for a few episodes on Camp Coral, and also as a few episodes as a writer for the Patrick Star Show, also a songwriter. 
for the Patrick Star Show. So, uh, Kaz, by thank you for absolutely everything you have done and continue to do for SpongeBob SquarePants. Your work is beloved, and and we appreciate you as as fans. I, I mean, you are clearly somebody who is meant to be on that ship, uh, helping to steer it, especially without Steven Hillenburg. Uh, around, I mean, the the next closest thing that we can have are all of those who worked under him and got to, uh, like a sponge, soak in all of that information to know how SpongeBob is made. Uh, so the, once again, going back to the Nasty Patty, one of my favorite episodes of the show. Uh, to give credit where credit's due, though, the other writers of this episode, along with Kaz, are Paul Tibbet and Mark O'Hare. Our storyboard artists are Carson Kogler, William Reese, and Mike Roth. Our storyboard directors are Paul Tibbet and Kaz. Our animation director is Tom Yasumi, and our creative director is Derek Dryman. The episode at hand starts out in probably my favorite episode intro ever. Uh, now, it's not really uncommon to start an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants above the the ocean line over at Bikini Atoll, that little island that we, we see uh, in so many episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. This time around, as we are seeing Bikini Atoll, it is during what appears to be a massive rainy thunderstorm going on. And our French narrator is here, who who usually just kind of helps set the stage for the episode at hand as to maybe what's going on. The idea being this um, Jacques Cousteau-like person is, hey, we're going to take a look inside of Bikini Bottom and see what's going on today. This time around, it's a bit different. It's our narrator seeing the weather that's currently happening at Bikini Atoll and deciding to tell us a story that, that this weather reminds him of the time where Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob thought they killed the health inspector. I, I love the framing of this episode where it's it's somebody telling us a, a former story of something that had happened to Bikini Bottom instead of it just being like, hey, here's what's going on today. Let's look in. Um, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff, and it's just something I wish they – they don't do it a lot. I just wish they did it a little bit more than – the current amount of times they have done it. I, I just, there's just something special about that. Every time this episode starts, uh, I, it, it, that opening, that intro always sets the stage for me in this, in this episode. And it's a good stage to start on because I, I just love this episode, but yes, the, the story of this episode is that SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs, uh, thought they killed the health inspector. So the health inspector or the idea of the health inspector is something we've never really um, ha had seen in SpongeBob SquarePants before, but is is not uncommon when it comes to fictional restaurants. It is a great story device. And regardless on if you have a live action show or an animated cartoon, if you have a fictional restaurant in that show, then bringing in a health inspector for an episode is an absolutely wonderful story device. Or you could just have the health inspector as a regular antagonist like they do in Bob's Burgers, which is just another cartoon that I like when I think of an animated health inspector. Uh, Bob's Burgers is, is one that pops up uh, alongside the Krusty Krab, but it, it's it's an easy moment of freak out. For the characters, especially if they don't regularly take care of their establishment. Now, with SpongeBob around, I'm a little shocked that Mr. Krabs would 
freak out about the health inspector. I mean, SpongeBob is to a T probably the best employee you can ask for. I, I highly doubt that um, <laughs> the restaurant who has an employee who's willing to come in every morning to count the sesame seeds would have anything to worry about as far as the health inspector. But Mr. Krabs in his incredible sense of smell is able to know that the health inspector has pulled up right in front of the restaurant, which which is what happens. Uh, he pulls up, he parks, and Mr. Krabs, who is in his office bathing in his money, which is is hilarious. We, we've seen this before, and it's just one of those things that... Um, you, you can spend the next 20 years telling stories where Mr. Krabs as a joke is taking, you know, a bath in money that it visually will just always be funny. No matter what time, time is not going to make that joke any less funny. But here's what's incredible. The fact that Mr. Krabs is able to smell the health inspector, uh, but then, you know, mistakenly think that the health inspector is a fraud. Well, if it was a fraud health inspector, then how did you, how were you able to smell him from outside of the restaurant? I have no idea. Mr. Krabs is, there's a barrel of questions with this guy at all times, uh, but he's freaking out over the, the health inspector showing up at the Krusty Krab. I, now I have worked in fast food before. I don't remember a health inspector ever showing up, but I feel like most restaurants get at least maybe a little bit of a warning that a health inspector is showing up. Unless there is an incident they have to look into. I, or maybe they don't. Maybe every health inspector investigation is a surprise. I'm not I'm not too sure. I mean, I guess if what would what would be the purpose in them telling you that they're coming? Because then you could just clean up all the messes that they're hoping to find. But anyway, Mr. Krabs is extremely freaked out about this because according to him, if this individual finds even one health violation in the restaurant, they will shut them down. Now, uh, this is not uncommon. There there can be certain situations where a health inspector can come in and, and deem an issue so massive that the restaurant has to immediately close. Or in some cases, um, hey, you have X amount of days to take care of this situation or your restaurant will close. Um, but one violation feels like a bit much. I, I, I can't imagine that, you know, if the health inspector came through and saw one mistake that that would immediately shut the restaurant down. Or if it, if any mistakes are shut down worthy, then they do have to give you a decent amount of time to correct those mistakes. So Mr. Krabs's intensity in this, uh, in this episode is a bit much towards the health inspector. Hey, maybe he has dealt with this kind of situation before and just doesn't want to be uh, razzled by the health inspector. Maybe in a previous time he was and had to shut his restaurant down. I, I have no idea, but uh, clearly this man has, has some trauma towards the health inspector, which knowing how much he cuts corners, I I would imagine that the, the health inspector coming in is a big deal. But once again, with SpongeBob there... We've seen him do above and beyond things for the Krusty Krab. I can't imagine that, that it's anything less than a 100. Um, now, this is not saying anything about the way Mr. Krabs treats customers or his business practices. We're just talking about the health of the store, making sure that everything is clean and that food is being taken care of uh, in the correct way. And 
I, I, man, Gordon Ramsay has got to show up to the Krusty Krab. I, that, that's got to be an episode down the road where they can get Gordon Ramsay to come in. Although, is it, is it even worth it having Gordon Ramsay come in and voice a character where he can't, uh, regularly, uh, speak his natural, you know, verbiage? If you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you know Gordon Ramsay, then you should know that the man has a, uh, a, a very colorful, vocabulary that he likes to use bringing him in without that vocabulary i imagine would not would not be uh very fun but come on that that voice coming into the crusty crab to to flip out or you know what here's an idea you have a gordon ramsay like fish go to the chum bucket where he goes through the kitchen to try to like you know he's filming a show trying to help the chum bucket try to try to get up to par, up to speed, what, what things in this kitchen needs to change. And just, yeah, I, that's you, you can take that and run that ball, move forward with it. But that's what I would do anyway. So SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs are, are freaking out over this health inspector, but you know, they, they know they got to go through these motions with this guy. Now, Mr. Krabs asks SpongeBob to approach the health inspector and pour on the charm, if you will. Uh, sweet talk them. And it's, it's one of my favorite SpongeBob like moments. I'm trying to think of another word. Cause it's just so small. It's, it's, it's a mini moment, but I love when SpongeBob goes up to the health inspector, hearing this, this, uh, information from Mr. Krabs to sweet talk him to pour on the charm. And his, his thought process is to just end his sentence with handsome. And the way SpongeBob says it is so adorable. It's one of my favorite moments. Now, not I'm not a health inspector. I've never been a health inspector, but I find it kind of fishy that this guy um, didn't ask any questions about the restaurant. Literally, just wanted to try the food. No wonder they ended up thinking that this guy was a, a phony. He didn't even check the kitchen. He didn't check their storage. He didn't check their uh, their their freezer. There, there's a bunch of places and things this guy should be checking for in the restaurant, but just decided to, you know, do a light looking around of the, of the actual, you know, patron sat part of the restaurant and then just decided to dive right into the food. Now his demand was to try one of everything. Now you would think at the Krusty Krab, one of the first things that you would get off of that menu would be a Krabby Patty, but apparently not. Apparently, that's not the first thing they send out to this guy. They they don't even send this guy out a Krabby Patty. Uh, now, once Mr. Krabs hear that, hears that he needs to have one of everything on the menu, he decides to throw out a smorgasbord. And SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs bring out uh, apparently uh, items that are on their menu that we just have never seen before. And, and there's a few of these items uh, that are just bonkers. But uh, first off, the Crunchy Kelp Dog... I, I can't imagine that, that the Crunchy Kelp Dog is selling anywhere near the, the Krabby Patty. Uh, we have Buttered Barnacles. I'm guessing just, a, a you know, the healthier option on the menu. We have Powdered Driftwood, which <laughs> that's that's super silly. Also, I, I are there any animals out in the, out the sea that are eating driftwood dust i i guess plankton might might be into that that might be a plankton item uh right after that fresh sludge pudding for those who do it like the nastier 
items on the menu. I, I guess if somebody enjoys fresh sludge pudding, they might also be a patron at the Chum Bucket. Now, fresh sludge pudding may not sound appetizing to you, but it certainly doesn't hold a candle to our next item on the menu here, Diet Red Tide. Now, here is a, now there is a plethora of marine biology tidbits and, and certain little words and phrases that have been used throughout SpongeBob SquarePants, but uh, if you have no idea what red tide is, you should certainly look it up, especially if you are someone who, who does enjoy uh, the salt water being out in the ocean. Uh, but red tide is essentially what happens when certain bacteria from runoffs and from uh, sewage finds itself in a saltwater environment and, and algae blooms from that with a reddish tint and can also, you know, the plankton of that area also have a reddish and brownish tint. And it actually can be extremely toxic to the area. Um, usually a telltale way of red tide being in the area is if a bunch of fish end up washing a, a, on shore completely dead, a, a bunch of fish. Now, um, even in, in Florida this past summer, there was a, a bunch of red tide issues and in various videos from news stations and of information that I was watching, just seeing, hey, what's currently going on with red tide in our world? Uh, but one thing I found is that even though it may seem like a, a kind of man-specific issue, like, well, hey, we wouldn't have red tide if, if your sewage runoffs weren't making their way to the ocean, but... Red tide has actually been an issue long before there has, has been, you know, this much human interaction with the ocean or, or with what we've been doing. Red tide has just been a known phenomenon. So um, incredibly gross that they have this here. But in a, in a moment where there's going to be a flurry of new menu items uh, usually being thrown for comedic purposes, I like that they're are some marine biology humor here. Like if you if you know what you're listening for, you hear that and you get the joke, hey, it's it's there for you. If you don't and then you eventually look it up and do some research, it makes you then appreciate the joke even more. So either way, I'm glad it's there. So diet red tide. Um we don't get to hear the last item on the menu. We know that it's fried as Mr. Krabs shoves it into the mouth of the health inspector who promptly stops this this barrage of food coming out and being forced in his mouth because each time there was a new item they were just forcing a, a spoonful into this man's mouth now the health inspector wants to finish his work in peace pulls out his little his little retractable fork inside of a pen that's actually pretty cool i like that doesn't exist but could you just imagine how cool it would be to have something like that now coming back to the table once he is done eating all of this food, we see the health inspector has a, has a nice big belly. He has eaten a nice full meal. Uh, Mr. SpongeBob comes over and uh, and uses the term voluptuous to describe the health inspector. And for some reason, this time around, that perked my ears. I, I just it, I've heard him say it before. I've heard him use the term voluptuous, but this time around, I don't know. It it clicked in a different way, and it was extremely funny. But uh, he's still trying to sweet talk the the health inspector. Now this is where we find out that during this entire feast, the health inspector not once got to enjoy just a basic Krabby Patty. Their flagship item was not included in the smorgasbord, and uh, alludes to the fact that once he he finishes up this this Krabby Patty, he'll be done with his inspection. 
I I always found it funny that he doesn't say that they're gonna pass or anything. He just says I'll I'll be finished. But Miss but SpongeBob goes back to Mr. Krabs and tells him that if he has a Krabby Patty, he'll pass us for the inspection, which. Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob immediately just break out into song and dance, including a, a nice joyful can-can that is promptly interrupted by a news broadcast, who I love that they he acknowledges that he's interrupting the can-can, to let us know that there is a phony health inspector out on the loose taking advantage of restaurants to get free food. That's it. Now, it, it's crazy to think that this would be a situation but uh hey here we are i mean this is a cartoon and everything but uh what an ingenious way to get free food out of restaurants to just walk in and say i'm the health inspector especially if in bikini bottom they don't actually expect you to inspect anything because you can just simply walk in and and request one of every item on the menu and that's all you have to do i mean you know how you can tell a fake health inspector from a real one um, the, the real health inspector should be looking through your kitchens and, and you're making sure you're dating everything correctly. I'm not talking about, you know, taking the food out to the movies like a date like that, but to make sure you're, you're not serving expired food or that your, your freezer is in order and that everything is properly con contained and you don't have just open meat on the floor and nope, nope, you could just sit down and order food. But uh, they once they hear this, they I I gotta give Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob a little credit. They have every reason to to believe that this man may be phony. Just knowing as to what I think a health inspector should do. But the instead of going to talk with this guy or or you know saying hey can we see some identification other than the fact that he has a nice little badge that says health inspector, they immediately just decide you know what this guy's the phony. We're going to mess with him, and uh, we're going to serve him a Krabby Patty he is never going to forget. In comes the Nasty Patty, a Krabby Patty that Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob decide to mess with. The old the old waiting game, if you know, you know. Um, they decide to do a plethora of nasty things to this sandwich. It starts out simple enough where Mr. Krabs is like, you know what, if this guy wants to scum off of us and eat free food i'm gonna give him a patty he's never gonna forget decides to bring back our old friend of the volcano sauce to pour all over the patty he pours a decent amount on this patty hey a hot burger is not that that bad of a deal but the next item on here is seahorse radish sauce which is apparently the gnarliest stuff in the ocean smells terrible so spongebob pours uh, that on top of the patty Mr. Krabs then takes things a bit too far because now we've gone from just adding on, you know, uh, condiments onto this burger that just may be, you know, not pleasing to every individual. But Mr. Krabs decides that he's got a uh, jar of toenail clippings in his office that needs to be added to this patty. I have a load of questions. First off, why does Mr. Krabs, who, first off, why would anybody keep their toenail clippings? Don't do that. Don't do it. That's just disgusting. And if anybody catches you, there's not a person on this planet unless someone else happens to do that thing that would see it and go, oh, you do that too? That is that is literally the most positive that could come out of that interaction. Just, I don't know. Uh, is there anybody out there who actually does that? Gross. 
But Mr. Krabs doesn't even have toes. So how does he have toenail clippings? So then that just means that there's someone else's toenail clippings. And that's even grosser. Why do you have somebody else's toenail clippings? I don't know. Like I said, there are too many questions when it comes to this man. But anyway, SpongeBob then, I guess before the toenail clippings could be added to it, uh, drops the patty in the toilet. So at this point, we have volcano sauce. We have seahorse radish. We have some impending toenail clippings. We also have a, a wet, soggy toilet. Now... If the toilet isn't used and it's just the water in there, I know people get grossed out, but, you know, the water that's being fed into your toilet is 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 fine. Like, it, I'm not saying to drink out of the toilet, but if you were able to drink the water before it touched the toilet, it would be the same water that's coming out of your tap. So, uh, I, I don't know. It would definitely be a lot grosser if it was a used toilet that uh, Spongebob dropped that into. I'm not giving him any ideas for a future uh, Nasty Patty, but... Uh, so he drops it in the toilet. Mr. Krabs then says, get it out and we'll dry it with my gym socks. With obviously adding the whole grossness of, of smelly, sweaty feet. And that is the last we hear of what they do to this Krabby Patty. The next moment that we get is a still shot up close of the Nasty Patty and all of its nasty glory. And what we are looking at is a nasty-looking drawing of probably the worst burger no one would ever want to eat. Uh, that's just... It legitimately is a nasty-looking burger. And seemingly, Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob have done more to this burger um, and have devised the most diabolical sandwich in the history of the world. A sandwich they plan to feed this quote-unquote phony health inspector. So, Miss, uh, so SpongeBob delivers this nasty patty to the health inspector, who, by the way, is a bit of a jerk here in, in his demands. Which would just, if I was, if I felt this guy was phony, it would only increase those feelings. Why are you treating me like that? Why are you so angry? You're getting all this free food. You've, you've enjoyed yourself this far. Calm, calm yourself down. But SpongeBob delivers him the nasty patty. The, the joke here is that while SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs are not going to watch him take that bite before he gets to take one bite of that nasty patty, a fly flies into the back of his throat causing the health inspector to choke. Once Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob hear this man choking, they they look out of the of the little window to the kitchen and start laughing at this man choking. Pretty much like on their end they think he's I guessing choking to death, but they're just openly mocking this man while he's choking. It's it's one thing for Mr. Krabs to do it. It's it's pretty twisted to have SpongeBob laugh alongside him. But the health inspector ends up when they're when they're not looking again. The health inspector ends up falling back onto the table, knocking himself out, and the fly flying itself out of the man's throat. He didn't take one single bite of the nasty patty, and found himself in this terrible situation. And as Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob are, are laughing at his expense, which, um, by the way, Mr. Krabs saying, "Look at him suffer." Is a, it's a pretty dark moment right there. They get interrupted again with a uh, another broadcast to let the world know. One thing I do got to say, I like that instead of interrupting the can-can, uh, we interrupt your laughter at other people's expense. 
Uh, being that specific is, is a nice little funny joke, but they have caught the phony health inspector and put out, and they put out his mugshot on the newscast to and clearly say, if a health inspector shows up and doesn't look like this guy, he's real, which immediately sends Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob into a tizzy because they have killed the health inspector, quote unquote. Now, they don't know he's just knocked out from his fall on the table, but they think that the Nasty Patty has successfully killed somebody and that they need to dispose of the body. Now, uh, I, I love, before we get to the, the body disposing, I, I do got to bring up um, SpongeBob's pure optimism inside of the Krusty Krab kitchen after knowing that, that the phony, the real phony health inspector was caught and that the guy in their kitchen, their restaurant is real. The fact that SpongeBob thinks that they could just go and apologize to this guy, tell him the misunderstanding, and that everything is just going to be water under the bridge is adorable. Put yourself in that health inspector's shoes. Now, if that guy, in their imagination, they think that he has um, passed out or at least fallen from the nasty patty. So could you imagine a restaurant feeding you a absolutely disgusting meal like that and then somebody coming to apologize to you and even with the misunderstanding thinking like oh we thought you were the phony health inspector you would be rightfully upset about that i mean if you received any kind of food from a restaurant like the nasty patty you have every right to be upset regardless on what the the result ends up being why it happened but the fact that they would make something like that in the kitchen is a problem um now uh, there definitely is some blaming going on between SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs as far as who is to blame for this accident. Uh, Mr. Krabs blames SpongeBob. SpongeBob blames Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs throws it back at SpongeBob's face, letting him know that even though he's the one who told him to do it, SpongeBob could have talked him out of doing it. And SpongeBob sits there and realizes that he didn't he didn't second question Mr. Krabs at all over the last couple of minutes and realizes that he does have some some bear to blame when it comes to this incident. But as usual, when it comes to situations like this, uh, these comedic situations that keep snowballing where it's like, if you would have just told the truth, you would have avoided all of this. It actually reminds me, uh, not as dark, but it reminds me of an episode of Rocket Power uh, in which Otto and Sam decide to skip school or Otto wants to skip school and decides to drag Sam along with him. And literally every fun thing they try to do ends up getting sabotaged or they end up trying to constantly have to sneak away and lie. And the entire time that they're skipping school, well, back at school, it was like they decided to have this giant carnival. And and it's not as dark, but it's kind of a, it's a similar comedy structure where throughout this entire situation, it's like, if you guys would just do this one, if you're going right, if you would just take a left, you would not have to deal with this situation on your hands. First off, the, the guy's not dead. He is passed out. If they would have just called 911 or called, you know, the hospital, whoever, it would have just avoided this entire situation. But the fact that they assumed the man was a phony health inspector, then they assumed he's dead got them to this situation where Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob decide that they can't go to anybody about this situation. They're going to get thrown away. Uh, they're going to go to jail. We got to dispose of this body ourselves. 
the next scene, we have Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob uh, through these dark-hilled areas. The the art here is absolutely beautiful. They decide to go really dark and spooky with this setting. And I love that it's it's Mr. Krabs with the shovel and the light, and it's SpongeBob daintily dragging the health inspector's body all the way out here. Uh, his whole shtick in this moment of being grossed out by the body is really funny, and, and I love that um, he pulls out a napkin to then add on to his two fingers he's using to drag this man's body, which, by the way, SpongeBob is supposed to be extremely weak but with two fingers is able to drag a body. Uh, cartoon logic at its finest. I know it's it's there comedically. It's it is funny, but it's it, it's those you know SpongeBob strength inconsistencies that are are just humorous. And even though he brought the shovel out himself, if you thought that Mr. Krabs is going to be doing any hard labor during this situation, you better find yourself surprised now because he hands the shovel off to SpongeBob, who gets to. Uh, dig the grave for this body. Now, he digs low enough that his, his we don't see him anymore, but he finds a giant rock blocking his way. And we get more of these comedic scenes to keep showing the viewers that we're not dealing with a dead body, that the health inspector is just knocked out. He wakes up and immediately gets hit with the rock that was being flung out of the hole from his uh, impending grave. Uh, not the Dwayne Johnson, by the way, just a, a giant boulder hits him on the top of the head, knocking him back out. Now, luckily, Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob are terrible um, grave. They're not really grave robbers, but they're, they're grave makers. They're terrible grave makers because they, they put his body seemingly in vertically and his head is sticking out of the ground. Now, it, it's. Once again, it's just one of these little adorable moments for SpongeBob where he did this purposely because he thought he would need some air. He doesn't understand that when you're dead, you don't need air anymore. He ha doesn't have this this concept of death in his head fully, and it's it's just it's an adorable part of his character. Mr. Krabs explains that where that man's going, he's not going to need any air. And SpongeBob nicely covers the rest of his head with some loose dirt before they make their way out. Now, SpongeBob and, and Mr. Krabs didn't drive all this way, which would have been smart. They they walked from the Krusty Krab all the way to apparently this place is called Shallow Grave Road, which is hilarious given the fact as to the uh, incident that just transpired there. Now, Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob, as they're walking away from their own shallow grave, they are found by two police who stop them in their tracks. They're at the road, they're in their car, and they stop Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob, who immediately think they're they're caught and are just, you know, not expecting the police there. Now, the police jokingly say, stop right there, you're both under arrest. SpongeBob freaks out, and Mr. Krabs calmly and rightfully asks, well, why are we getting arrested? Seems that the cops saw these two out here. They know that they work at the Krusty Krab and we're going to, they were, you know, joking around, but uh, they're going to put them under arrest for not being at the Krusty Krab to cook them up a couple of Krabby Patties. Now that he knows the cops aren't on to anything and, and they're just kind of openly joking about burying a body out here, um, the, the cops have now agreed, hey, you know, throw that dirty shovel in the trunk, hop in, we'll give you a ride back to the Krusty Krab. Without our characters knowing as they're trying to put the shovel in the trunk, 
we head back over to the health inspector's grave. It starts to rain at this time, and when we're back at the grave, it went from being a, a, a hole with his head sticking out of it to almost as if they just took the health inspector, laid him on the ground, and just threw some some dirt, some sand over his body because now that we're back at his grave, the rain is making all of the sand around his body slip away and his entire body is now exposed and sliding down towards the police car. It, it It's funny that it slides pretty much right up to Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob who now have to redispose of this body while distracting the cops. Uh, Mr. Krabs directs SpongeBob to throw the body in the trunk along with the shovel and that they'll deal with it at the Krusty Krab. During this moment, we get another wake-up of the health inspector as he's put into the trunk, although SpongeBob not paying attention and slamming the trunk on top of him helps take care of that part of the situation. The health inspector is now re-knocked out. Uh, after a really awkward cop ride of Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob trying to get through what they're going to do when they get to the restaurant with this body, uh, we we finally get back to the Krusty Krab and we see that the Krusty Krab has this absolutely um, awesome green neon sign. Now, it's the second time we've seen neon used at the Krusty Krab, the first time uh, being the uh, up all night uh, neon sign, the you know open 24 hours of the graveyard shift episode. Uh, but we see the, the full logo of the Krusty Krab now in this really eerie green neon. And it's it's one of my favorite artistic moments of this show, the artistic liberties that they took. They could have, you know, the sign doesn't have neon, but the fact that they took this moment to add it in, uh, it, it just fits so perfectly. It's, it's, it's not seen very long, but just that moment I absolutely love. It's, it's something I, I've always wanted to just take a really nice uh, screenshot of and blow up a little bit to get behind a frame. It's just, it's, it's one of the more gorgeous parts of this episode. And it's, it's funny that it's a nice juxtaposition to the dark nature of what's going on behind that sign. Now they're back at the Krusty Krab. SpongeBob was instructed to bring the body behind the Krusty Krab and store it in the freezer. Now, when SpongeBob gets behind the Krusty Krab, he notices that the freezer has a padlock on it. There's no way of him opening the door from the outside. He then has to decide, well, how do I get this body in the freezer? The The next step is literally dragging the body right past the police. Now, I don't know why he wouldn't just, I don't know, put the body in the dumpster that happens to be right next to him and maybe get the cops away before they take care of the situation any further. But of course, smart decisions do not make funny ones because SpongeBob's decision at this moment was to stuff the <laughs> health inspector's body in his hat and uh, decide to, to go through the Krusty Krab with this massive uh, hat on, which is 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 a just super dark and funny moment of this episode of the police watching as as SpongeBob tries to get to the back of the Krusty Krab with his hat constantly falling off. And then, of course, when it fully falls off and makes a giant thud on the ground, Mr. Krabs distracting the police from him bringing it to the back. When SpongeBob reemerges, he lets Mr. Krabs know that the dark deed he has requested is done. The body is in the freezer. Now, the police get a call that two stiffs are trying to dig a grave over by Shallow Grave Road. That's where we actually get the the note that it was over by Shallow Grave Road, which is 
just a nice little little comedic gag. Um, now, Officer Nancy here um, is is not too keen about leaving yet because she hasn't even gotten a soda, which Mr. Krabs um, politely gives her to kind of rush these police out of this terrible situation that they found themselves in. To make matters worse, there was no ice in that soda, and Officer Nancy just believes that she just has the ability to just go grab ice from their freezer, which, I like, look, I respect the police and whatnot, but... I don't know if I had a restaurant, it's like, you, you can't just, if I know you on a f real first name basis and you're a friend and you need to grab something, sure. But like, I don't know, I, I, there was no indication that these cops knew a ton of Mr. Krabs other than knowing that he works at the Krusty Krab. I just felt that, that she didn't have too much um, of a relationship to just feel that she could just be like, well, I'm going to go grab ice from your freezer which it's not just like being in your house and it's just in your kitchen. It's literally in the back of the restaurant. You have to go into the kitchen, which is employees only. I don't know. Just felt weird that the cop would would push that far instead of just asking or I don't know, maybe going to check out their call. But anyway, of course, the the joke being is the police are pushing to get to the freezer. Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob finally admit to their wrongdoings because they just don't want to get caught. It's that moment of, of getting caught and having to deal with that situation. They decide to come clean early that they've killed the health inspector um, and stored his body in the freezer. Now, Officer Nancy, you know, when she hears all this information, I, I like the, the police. There's not an immediate freak out to people saying we've killed someone. But after hearing the information of the body being stored in the freezer, they're like, oh, you mean this one? And open up the freezer and then there's no body in there that that calmness though is 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 really nice i don't know if they just because of how much of a freak out mr krabs and spongebob had they didn't really it, maybe it didn't click with them on how serious the situation could be but to everyone's surprise once the door of the freezer is opened there is no body and the police just certainly believe that this was a practical joke being played on by them, by SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs smartly and on point, you know, fully admits, yeah, this totally was a joke. Yeah, we definitely didn't have a, a dead body in the freezer. Now, the health inspector must have woken up for the third time now and gotten out of the freezer because he finds himself in the kitchen. Once he turns the light on to the kitchen... He was once accused of being a phony health inspector, and he is now accused of being a zombie, to which the police step in and rightfully take down the zombie with a anchor and a barrel. This man has been hit on the head so many times in this episode, must have walked away with a few concussions, um, but has not been knocked out again because he has enough uh, mental capabilities after being hit by the police to finally talk everybody now knows he's not a zombie and that he is alive and is able to finally give the crusty crab their their pass of the health inspection now to his credit um i don't know how much he really saw in those moments he was awake but he doesn't really know that any of the situations that have happened have been at the malice of mr crabs and spongebob he has no idea of the nasty patty he didn't even get to take a bite out of that uh, he fell from a fly that he was choking on and was knocked out from that situation. So there's no idea uh, of the SpongeBob Mr. Krabs situation before then. When he woke up on the hill when he was being dragged to the grave and was hit by the rock, he didn't see Mr. Krabs or SpongeBob or really get to know where he was at. And especially waking up in the back of the trunk before 
uh, violently having the, the, the trunk slammed on his head, I don't think he got to see much either. So um, it's really nice he still got to give the Krusty Krab their passing letter, although there was just there was no comeuppings for for Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob. It was just a moment at the end where everybody got to laugh it off. And, and the French narrator, we do get to go back to him, which is another one of those moments I love about this episode is that there's a nice bookend of the French narrator. We get to go back to Bikini Atoll and the, the storm that it's that it's dealing with. And, and the French narrator just says, see, they're all stupid. And, and that's kind of the point is that you can have a dark episode like this and, and deal with dark humor when all the characters here are just making silly cartoon decisions and that's it. They're just, everybody's just a little dumb and that's the nasty Patty. Uh, certainly like, like I said, from the beginning of this episode, it is one of the darkest episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. But in that darkness, we have one of the funniest episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. I, the nasty Patty is an iconic moment iconic enough that the patty itself has made further appearances in in future uh games of the show and has been used as as you know obviously something that would be a weapon or a a negative thing for you to pick up uh, but it's it's standed the test of time as just an iconic SpongeBob moment these are just one of those episodes that has stuck with people if you haven't watched SpongeBob uh, in a long time, you you definitely remember the episode with the nasty Patty, with the killing of the health inspector, because we're dealing with um, uh, themes and situations in this episode that we just have never dealt with before. It is certainly a special one to remember, and it's one that I will personally remember for the rest of my life. And I got to imagine that everybody out there listening to this right now it has to know, like, yeah, come on. The Nasty Patty, it's it's up there with the best of the best when it comes to SpongeBob SquarePants. And that is this week's episode of the SquareCast. I truly appreciate you making me a part of your week as you are a part of mine. Uh, thank you for joining me on this, on this episode. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you like any of the content I put out, the SquareCast, This Week in Nickelodeon History, any of the video-only content on YouTube... If you like any of that, then anything listening is always appreciated. But that if there is one extra step that you can take to share or promote any of the content I'm putting out, if you do that, it is super greatly appreciated by me uh, because the, the only way we can grow this ship, get more on the ready crew, is to let them know that we exist out here in this ocean of content. So thank you very much for joining me this week. Stay safe out there. Everybody, uh, stay true to yourselves. Be a good person. Be a good noodle. And always remember that, that no matter where you are out there in the world, you are not alone. So uh, thank you, everybody, for joining me this week. We'll see you next week. Stay safe out there. It doesn't seem right, but it feels so good.